Can't even do it. I was gonna try to do a really lazy. It's Morbin time. Uh, I, I there's I had a couple other um, intros lined up. I was thinking I could also do. Uh, People are strange when you're a stranger. You guys remember that from the trailer? From the trailer that came out three years ago. <laughs> was it that long ago? Uh, I mean, I was just skimming this. Movies Wikipedia page. It was supposed to come out in July 2020 originally, so oh probably God. something like that. Yeah, we're shot away. it in like 2018 or Jeez. maybe early 2019. <laughs> it didn't do well, right? I don't think so. No, that's the funny thing is they uh, they were like, "Ooh, it's a meme now. We'll put it back out," and then nobody saw it the second time either. I don't even know what the meme was. It just saying it's Morbin time was the meme, right? Yeah, was there? Yeah, there isn't anything else. This, I don't find this a particularly memeable movie, honestly. No, that's the thing is the people making the memes had not seen the movie. They were just yeah. making things up about the movie. In um, order for there to be memes, there has to be a single memorable moment from the movie. Which there I f- I feel like I can't enjoy the memes now that I've seen the movie. Yeah, because now I know that there's nothing funny about it at all. I think also at the time they were trying to uh, capitalize on like ironic viewing because remember the summer also had the uh, the gentle minions thing where yeah. weirdos <laughs> would dress up in suits and go see the minions movie. What would you call uh, what's the gentle minion equivalent for Morbius? Is it, I mean you can't just gentle Morbians, right? Maybe. Um, oh. I was going to say, is people who are morbidly curious. <laughs> yeah. And this is the pick. Where we talk about movies that we are morbidly curious about. <laughs> and we are your hosts, John Otney. Uh, Colin Westman. It's me, Dr. Sean Lemmy. And this is, uh, we're talking about Morbius, uh, easily the worst movie we've ever covered on this podcast. I wouldn't uh, say easily. I feel like our very first movie we watched, Olympus Has Fallen. Olympus Has Fallen. For for a long time was the big, uh, yeah. <laughs> it cast a long shadow over every other movie we <laughs> so let's let's let, So Olympus Has Fallen is bad because uh, it's incredibly generic, it's got really bad melodrama, there's some like effects that don't seem done yet. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time it is kind of funny cuz it's bad. Whereas I Morbius think so. Yeah. Whereas Morbius is a film for me that's like I'm watching it it's not like this is like a poorly acted movie or like this next point is debatable poorly made movie. I don't know, maybe it is. It's just it has no uh, ambition at all zero ambition it's not attempting anything new it's trying to like uh play by a very safe formula which makes me so mad at it it's everything wrong with the blockbuster I mean, formula of movies today yeah i mean that's just death when you're <laughs> 
bringing so little enthusiasm to the most overcrowded genre in modern cinema. Like, you just, you can't do it. You it's like at you, least yeah. try a little bit. It's a studio, like, really overvaluing their IP. It's like Morbius. Everyone knows Morbius. He's friends with Spider-Man or something, right? We'll check later. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think this is worse than Olympus's fall. It's, it's uh, yeah. been dethroned for me. Also, this is more in your face. I know Olympus has fallen as like a franchise, but I feel like it's like a secret franchise. It's not like <laughs> everywhere all over social media. Uh, they really went hard on the advertising for Morbius. And still nobody saw it, except for us. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Uh, but first, we're going to do our little picks where we recommend other stuff. Uh in our lives. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a novelette, what? which I think is the proper definition of, of, a, of a book or short. Uh, that's like 90 pages. How does that compare to a novella? I think those are the same thing. Okay. Don't, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm just going to Google those two terms. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> so, uh, it was either last year or the year before Stephen King came out with um, a collection of novelettes in a book called It Bleeds. I think it's what it's called. Or If It Bleeds? No, that's from Predator. I think it's called... It's one of those two titles. Well, I'm not recommending the collection. I'm recommending one specific story uh, that's about 90 pages, and that's Mr. Harrigan's Phone, which I read because it recently became a Netflix movie that came out the day we're recording this podcast. Uh, and it got very Wait, bad reviews. There was already a movie called The Black Phone, right? Yes. So we have multiple phone-themed horror movies this year? That's not that weird, right? I mean, phones are well, pretty I, Well, I mean, there's also, there's also a Scream movie. I mean, come on. You who who talks on the phone movies, anymore? Sean? Yeah. I'm tired of all these <laughs> ringing phone movies on this Monday to Friday play. You tell them. <laughs> Okay, also, short story, under one, over 1,000 words, less than 10,000. Novelette, 75,000 to 19,000 words. Novella, 10,000 to 40,000 words. I'm not sure what the page breakdown is, though, for that many words. I guess, you know, I don't know. I guess I could just Wikipedia this thing that I'm talking about, but I won't. Trying to use, I'm trying to use no Wikipedia for this. Good luck. Just going off the dome, man. Mr. Harrigan's phone. It was a great novelette, or possibly novella, um, about a young boy who becomes friends with an aging billionaire who lives in guess where, Maine. Whoa. Uh, and they become friends, and he does chores for the old man. And it takes place in the early, kind of early to mid two thousands. And at a certain point, he gets him, like, the first iPhone. And the old man's like, oh, I don't, I can't use phones. I don't care about this newfangled technology. But he gets really obsessed with it over time and really enjoys it and is really thankful for the, the gift. Um, and then the old man dies. And he's buried with his iPhone. And then okay. uh, sometime later, the boy, when he's upset, for some reason like calls the uh the man's phone just to hear his voice on his uh his uh, like outgoing message thing just to hear him talk again um but like he finds out that 
doing this, maybe granting him wishes, like kind of like it's kind of like a Death Note situation where he's like, he calls Mister Harrigan's buried phone, and is like, "Oh, this kid at school, he's such a piece of shit. I hate him. He bullies me." And then that kid like dies. So it's like, oh god, did Mister Harrigan's ghost kill him? And and when I call the phone, is it killing him? Um, and then like some other similar scenarios happen, but it, it happens over like a span of years from when he's like you know thirteen to like you know eighteen. So that's why I'm like, how does this gonna work as a movie? And apparently it didn't, because no one likes this new movie that just came out. I'm still gonna watch it because I read the novella or novelette. Uh, Donald Sutherland plays. Mr. Harrigan. So it's always fun to see him. Uh, but no, I really liked it. It was kind of cool to see st- what is essentially Stephen King's death note. Um, and in a, in a really nice bite-sized package, because I'm reading The Shining right now, and I like it, but sometimes I'm like, you could have cut this. You're going a little long, Steve, in some of, like, some of these sections. You don't need to describe the topiary this much. I'm good. I get it. Uh, but yeah, I really liked it. I'm sad the movie's uh, not good, but hey, you can still check out the uh, the novella or novelette in, in If It Bleeds, or possibly It Bleeds. I could go grab it. It's across the room, but eh. There you go. Why couldn't they come up with a spookier title than Mr. Harrigan's Phone? Sean, do you, know, do you know how many titles Stephen King has had to come up with? <laughs> They're not all going to be great, right? I mean, he has a book called The Tommy Knockers. <laughs> What's that about? They can't all be winners. I think it's about aliens. <laughs> I think James Wan wants to do something with The Tommy Knockers, even though everyone's like, that book sucks. Yeah. It's like an early 90s book, I want to say. I don't, I don't know. I think there may be like a made for TV movie about it already. I mean,. If it exists, there's probably a movie or a show about it. Yeah. Because that's that's Stephen King, man. Screenplay ready. All right, what else we got? Um, I guess I will recommend an album that's a little bit on the older side, but from from this century. Uh, it is Van Leer Rose, an album from 2004 by Loretta Lynn. I be... knew it. You knew it? <laughs> yeah, I just you knew it. Felt... You did Godard last time. I was like, here comes Loretta Lynn. I love dead people. What can I say? <laughs> I bet John a million dollars. Interesting twist on Six Sense. <laughs> <laughs> I love dead people. I love dead Can't people. get enough of them. The seventh sense. Oh. It's like that scene from Ghostbusters where Dan Eckert has the dream, but as a feature length film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm being vague about it because it's gross. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone yeah. wants to watch that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they don't. They, and they shouldn't. No. Um, anyways, I like. I don't go that deep with. Uh, with Loretta Lynn, kind of similar to uh, to Jean Luc Godard. Also, like I, I've I've listened to one of her greatest hits albums. I was just listening to one of her kind of her signature seventies album, uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. It's also a movie. What about about her Jack her. White album. 
but this is this is the Jack White album is Van Leer Rose, the one I'm okay. recommending. Whoops, because it's <laughs> sorry. It's 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 her, you know, it's her album I'm most familiar with. Uh, you know, I first was introduced to it because I used to play the video for Portland, Oregon on MTV Two mm-hmm. back when we were in like middle school or high school. Uh, was probably played on CMT also, but you know, it was just a, just a super cool song that I think reflects the album pretty well, where it's just like, you know, this uh, legendary country singer uh, with a great voice uh, doing like kind of a cross between like early 2000s garage rock and like alt country uh sort of twang um yeah this this album was overseen by jack white like he produced it he sings on a few songs he plays a bunch of instruments on it it also i think had a few of the guys um who would go on to form the wreck on tours with jack white um a little bit after that they play on this album oh, too cool. so it's just got like a, a great <laughs> backing band on it that does like this mix of like country and a little bit rock there's a song that sounds kind of like a old appalachian spiritual or something it's um it's a very like autobiographical album too it's i think only it was the one of two albums where Loretta Lynn actually wrote all the songs on it. Like she would usually, she wrote some of her, you know, songs throughout her career, but she would often do like a mix of hers and other people's music on her albums. But, and a lot of it, like it it has like lyrics about her kind of reflecting on her life in a way where it's like this very easily could have been kind of her swan song um, in terms of like capping off her career but she ended up recording a few more albums, I think, in the late 2010s. Um, but, like, yeah, I think it's just a great introduction to her music. It's definitely <laughs> definitely what got me into her since I was a big Jack, Jack White fan in the, when, you know, around the time when this came out. And so, like, you know, if you have kind of a harder time getting into older country music this might be a good place to to start if you want to check out loretta lynn but how does it transition into coal miner's daughter like when you finally did go back did you like that too well i mean it's 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 still very much her i mean she writes kind of very specific kinds of songs that are kind of about uh you know, growing up kind of working class. And also she like writes like kind of funny songs about marriage that are always like a little bit combative (laughs) towards like, if you cheat on me, I will fuck you up. Or if you, if you try to steal my man, I will fuck you up. Like she's, she's an unmistakable presence in her lyrics and singing. And so like, you know, if you like her as a singing personality, like on this album, I think you'll still enjoy her older stuff. There's um, a meme that I see post every once in a while about country music where it says uh, male country uh, musicians write songs about trucks and beer. 
and female country musicians write songs about shooting their husbands. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's a great dynamic. <laughs> and she's like, she's one of the best at it. So, uh, yeah, hats off to her. Uh, what about you, Sean? What you got for us this week? I would like to spend my time on the floor here. Uh, yeah, we, we all get about time. Floor yields to Mr. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> because we're talking about Morbius, I would like to talk about the Brazilian jiu-jitsu career of actor Tom Hardy, star of the Venom movies. Okay. Um, nice. Interesting. Tell me about it. So, uh, as you're all well aware, after 2011's Warrior, Tom Hardy had taken up Brazilian jiu-jitsu as a hobby. And... Uh, this summer, <laughs> he started showing up at Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments in England and fucking winning them. Real? What? Yep. How, how did I hear about this? <laughs> um, he, uh, he won three Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments uh, in one month this summer. Um, there's an article about it you can read on everything uh the one i went with is the espn one (laughs) um he's earned a blue belt which if you might be wondering what the system is for adults in brazilian jiu-jitsu um blue belt is your second belt after white although um uh muhammad ito mayane uh the person who's interviewed in this article says um he's probably pretty close to getting a purple belt um, after purple goes brown and there's a bunch of levels of black and then there's a bunch of like mixed red and black called coral um, and then as you'll know from the David Mamet movie the highest rank is the red belt um, and it says on Wikipedia the youngest you could be to earn a red belt is 67 years old so uh, even Tom Hardy still has a ways to go to get to that red belt Damn. Um, I don't think there's many people that have it it's for people who have like genuinely changed the face of the sport. Um, is Red Belt like the movie Red Belt? Yeah, that's the same thing. Okay, it's the same thing. The same cool. sport. That's a cool movie. It's a cool movie. Um, wait, wait. Uh, so does that mean? Because doesn't David Mamet do that? Yeah. Does yeah, he have David a Red Mamet's... Belt? No, 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 no way. Okay. He hasn't changed. Let's, he did make a movie, though. Yeah, let's let's look and see if we can find out where he's at. What his level is. I'm doing a quick Google. Okay. Um, I feel like people don't talk about that movie, and I feel like we saw it, and I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> Mammoth has a purple belt, so he's actually one rank higher than Tom Hardy is right Well, now. he's been doing it for a long time, yeah. Um, uh, and Tom Hardy's close to purple, according to... Um, this guy that's being interviewed when he when he goes in tournaments like can he only fight people at his level or can he fight whoever so he participates in a um i think age 36 and up okay so it's an age thing gotcha that that seems fair because you could like you could have earned a red belt and now you're like 100 so that wouldn't be a fair fight i feel like red belts gotta fight red belts well, it's like it's really interesting because there is like a like a time aspect to all of these ranks. Oh. Um, like 
you have to have five years of experience between each black belt rank. It's like you can't just jump up to black belt six. You've got to it's got to go black belt one to two is is five years, and then two to three is another five years. I think that's fair. That's, I feel like in karate you see like too many black belts. Like, come on, you can't. You're not a black belt. It's too easy. This shit's got to take time. Yeah, I don't know how many sports actually really take the belt thing seriously, but it sounds like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. As, as someone who does no martial arts, I take it very seriously. Yeah, it's extremely <laughs> important. It's just it's the coolest thing about it because it's the thing that makes me think about Power Rangers because I love like color coded. <laughs> martial arts uh, um, yeah so yeah he uh, he fought in multiple tournaments some, some of them where you wear a key some of them where you don't uh, and uh, there's some great pictures of Tom Hardy being a little sweaty and victorious and uh, I just think with all the bad shit we learn about celebrities seemingly every day it's nice that there's just a fun story about this guy who is, for whatever reason, really passionate about making Venom movies and uh, is out there, I guess, living his best life. And I think how fun it must be for those other guys to get to wrestle with Venom. That's great. I like it. I feel like I usually hear good things about Tom Hardy. I know he like overcame drugs at a young age. And I remember, uh, I think it was on the drop, he just like adopted a stray dog, which was a nice story. So like he's got a big heart and he's got his interests. He's a nice guy, I think. Oh, and it also says here he participates in in an organization that helps uh, veterans, active military, and first responders use Brazilian jiu-jitsu as a form of therapy. So okay, that's pretty awesome too. I'm just curious, like, what are you recommending here? Did you did you watch a video or something? Or no, I mean, I found an article on ESPN about it. Colin just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. I get, I get it. it. It's just like I have to write the show notes and I have to write what Sean's little pick is, and I'm like, what am I writing? So, that Colin, Sean's you know how you write like you'll write like um. You know, you like for a year, it's, it's you'd write like Van Lee or Rose. You need you put out in parentheses put album. album. Yeah, so just like just this? write Tom Hardy in parentheses jujit Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Okay. People will know what it means. All right. Or they won't, and they'll want to engage more with the show. Yeah. They'll leave a they comment. They engage in the post, but. Uh... Maybe that'll work. It's fine. It's not important. I just, you know, it's all about the rules. Yeah, no, I get it. It is. It is. That is. It is all about the rules. So I respect. Lest we forget. Yeah, you, that, you're right to invoke that. It is all about the rules. Uh, but you need to pick something else. No, you're good. What? You're good, Sean. No, Tom this Hardy, is fine. I'm just like, how do I court categorize it? I'm I'm okay with this being your. We pick. got I'm it. Just we like, got it. Yeah, we figured it okay. out. We cracked it. Oh. Uh, but I but I love Tom Hardy. He's Venom, part of the Sony universe, mm-hmm. the Sony Spider-Man universe, the SSU, which sounds like an evil military organization. Uh, okay. And of course, the SSU also includes Morbius. Guys, I'm gonna click on it's the Morbin time. 
It's Morbin time. I'm going to click on the SSU real quick. Um, I don't know what the deal is with Sony. If I remember hearing once that like they had to make a Spider-Man movie like every year, every couple of years to retain the rights. I don't know if that was true because uh, they haven't done that. But they have been making a good amount of Spider-Man stuff. Um, but I'm looking at their upcoming slate after Morbius. I don't know if you guys have looked at this, but it is pretty grim. You guys know there's a, Cra- a Craven the Hunter movie coming out next year? With uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, right? So, Colin, Craven is um, yep. a Spider-Man villain, because these, these characters are all Spider-Man villains. And his thing is just like, he's one with nature, and he's like a hunter. Uh, but but like he's on the side of the animals. He like uses animals to help him, like tigers and shit. I I, I always feel to him he's kind of like Namor or yeah he's like Namor but with the jungle. <laughs> but he's not like he's just like a regular. It's not guy. gonna help people yet. An extra month. Nobody knows who Namor is yet. Everyone's gonna love Namor in a month or yeah. hate Namor. Who's he's Namor? The, he's like he's the villain in the new Black Panther, but he's he's basically Marvel's Aquaman. Okay. Like he has an under. He's got wings on his feet. He's got wings on his feet. He's got super strength. He's kind of a. He hates humans. Uh, But they're making a Craven movie, um, and it's also got Chameleon, another Spider-Man villain in it. Oh, nice! Wasn't? No, Scorpion was in. Scorpion, my uh, Michael Man. Is that his name? Mando from Better Call Saul. He was briefly Scorpion in one of the Spider-Mans, and uh, it's. Okay, no, I thought it was written by the same guys that wrote this. I guess not. And then they're doing Madam Web, which is an even less notable character, in my opinion. And then another Venom. And then they're getting into shit where I don't, I haven't heard of any of these characters. Nightwatch? Jackpot? They're just throwing words together. <laughs> but I would hope that Morbius would, like, make them rethink all of this. Because Morbius is, for me, like... This is the worst of franchise filmmaking. It's taking a character that, again, I said they overvalue the IP. They think people know who it is or care about who it is just because he has a connection to Spider-Man. But then it's also like, what is interesting about Morbius as a superhero? Like, his are his powers interesting? Okay, here's my biggest problem with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> is they somehow took a already incredibly stale movie formula in the superhero origin story and then they melded it with an even more tired genre which is the vampire origin (laughs) story it's like you you could make like a more uninteresting plot for a movie in 2022 than combining those two things that we've gotten so like worn out on (laughs) and especially when you're like not bringing anything new to the table have we talked about vampires on this podcast more than we've talked about superheroes Mm, we didn't didn't bring stoker's dracula and the lost boys and lost boys you're right we have covered vampires quite a bit more than superheroes it's what it's venom Wonder Woman 84. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Batman and Robin. So that's at least tied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
the Suicide Squad. We did that. So okay, we should talk about superheroes more. But I feel like uh, even the creator of Morbius wasn't interested in Morbius. I'm going to get into this just a little bit. Uh, So Morbius uh, was created in 1971 by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. Roy Thomas was uh, kind of the successor to Stan Lee as editor-in-chief of Marvel. He was a writer at Marvel. He's pretty prominent in the 70s. And he co-created a lot of those uh, prominent 70s characters like uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist... Ultron, um, he's one of the three creators of Wolverine, uh, Werewolf by Night, which that's got a movie coming up. He's one of the guys there. Whole bunch of characters. Um, And then I'll also touch on Gil Kane, who is the artist, uh, who created the Hal Jordan Green Lantern and the Green Lantern Corpse for DC, which is like the good Green Lantern stuff, because the Golden Age Green Lantern stuff is, is stupid. I don't know if you know about Golden Age Green Lantern, Colin. If, you, if you've like ever seen what he looks like. No. He's like got a red shirt and a big cape. That doesn't sound like Green I Lantern. feel like all the old like Golden Age DC characters are like... Their origins are always just like, one day I met a wizard. <laughs> I think his is like he found a magic lantern. <laughs> that was probably left there by a wizard. Uh, but no, and then in the, in the you know in the like in the fifties when uh, Gil Kane oh, and the yeah. co-creator they did the the Green Lantern corpse and that stuff. I'm Good looking stuff. at the uh, the forties Green Lantern. He looks like Robin with pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, why would you call him Green Lantern? And it's like, well, should his like main outfit be green? No, just a cape. <laughs> Makes no sense. It's it's like they're like he's named after the Green Lantern. He's not the Green Lantern. They're trying to distinguish it. But uh, Gil Kane and Roy Thomas they took over for Spider Man in the seventies. Actually, the issue with Morbius Spider Man one hundred and one from nineteen seventy one, I think, is the first Spider Man issue that Stan Lee did not write. It's like he finally like passed the torch. Like I can't write. Spider, keep writing Spider-Man and keep doing all these other titles and be, you know, the main Marvel guy. So he kind of passed the torch at this point. Uh, so it's funny to think of like Mor- Morbius is like the decline. Then no, I I, I joke because I, I like a lot of stuff that happened later on in Spider-Man during that period. But Roy Thomas and Gil Kane didn't even want to do Morbius. They just wanted uh, Spider-Man to fight Dracula. Because uh, for a long time, you couldn't have vampires in comic books because of the Comics Code Authority. Back in the 50s, they like laid down the law. It's like you can't show people being murdered. You can't have people drinking blood, vampires. You can't have vampires. And it wasn't until... This the- is why superheroes became popular, by the way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because they couldn't do anything else. You couldn't mm-hmm. do anything violent. Um, so, you, yeah, you had to pivot to superheroes. Um, so once that was, they kind of lessened the regulations on that. They're like, let's have Spider-Man fight Dracula. But Stanley's like, uh, don't do Dracula. Just create like our own vampire guy. <laughs> so they're like, uh, I guess, how can we make this remotely interesting? And they're like, I guess we can make him like a vampire by means of science. And we can kind of make him tragic. 
Um, mm-hmm. So he, he always was an anti-hero, which I didn't know. I always thought he was just a straight-up villain. Um, but I think he has had turns as, like, I'm going to help out Spider-Man this time. I was just telling you guys before we started podcasting that he was part of, like, a dumbass, like, superhero Marvel <laughs> team in the 90s. The Midnight Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I, I mainly think of him as a villain. I think because I pretty much only know him from the Spider-Man cartoon show. I don't know if oh, that's sure. if you guys remember him on the Spider-Man Which, cartoon the show. The 90s one? The 90s one, yeah. I don't even remember him from that, and I was a big fan of that show. Yeah, I mean, he's probably only in a couple episodes. And I remember that I, I feel like he never said, like, I need to drink blood. He's always like, I need to get plasma. <laughs> I feel like he had like holes on his hands. I'll have to rewatch some of that to see. How That's what I remember too. Is he had like suckers. So he didn't have to bite. Yeah. People. And he like suck their puck. quotations plasma. <laughs> Cause you gotta be, you gotta be careful with that in a kid's cartoon. But I don't know. I never thought of him as a popular character. And it's just funny to like, look at his origin was like, they didn't even want, they just wanted, they wanted to do Dracula. Mm-hmm. But they did Morbius. And I wonder, I wonder what Roy Thomas thinks of all this now, because he's still alive. He's, he's quite a deal. He's about 20 years younger than, than Stanley. So he's, he's still kicking. Um, I don't know. But, uh, I guess, I guess we have to talk about this movie a little bit. <laughs> you picked it. I picked it. That's also, unfortunately, the power of the pick. That's the power of the pick. Well, I was, as you were saying earlier, morbidly curious. I wanted to see how bad it was. You know, when it first started, I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. These credits are oddly stylish. Oddly stylish. But then I, I was already having issues in the opening scene. Because I'm like, okay, this opening is, 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 is Michael Morbius in a helicopter going to Costa Rica. And it's yeah. very clearly a soundstage with, like, CGI backgrounds. And I'm like, if you can't... And this is like, maybe this is nitpicking at this point, because a lot of even good Marvel movies do this. It's like, if you can't shoot on location, can we, like, rewrite it or something? Because it just looks like he's in a fantasy world. He doesn't look like he's anywhere. I don't know. I just I hate this lazy bullshit that they're always pulling with all the unnecessary cgi this movie was filmed entirely in england they didn't shoot anything in costa rica it's like you know yeah go it's ahead. also set in new york yeah <laughs> yeah sean what i hated about this scene is that we never come back to it so i don't know where it fits in the chronology. good point yeah it sets it up like this is a teaser like we're gonna come back to this this is just teasing something for later but then it's just totally ignored because it's not that interesting it's not, but I don't know when it happened. <laughs> uh, so it'd be before the boat, right? Because he's well, actually, I don't know. Because he's, I don't know the timeline of when he starts working with bats. Cause it seems like he's working on them pretty early on. I was going to go into a longer rant about location, like filming on location, but maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> Um, um, I, I don't. Well, I don't need to hang it, on. It's to interesting because people are talking about that a lot right now. Thanks to I was, Endor. I was just thinking about how like, how come like Mission Impossible and like Fast and the Furious movies can shoot in these exotic locations, but then when it comes to like Morbius, they're like, "Fuck it, it's gonna soundstage." I don't. 
Why can't we just spring a couple extra bucks to film on location? It's because they don't care, right? Because they know this is like, this sucks. I mean, it also helps if it, if it's like New York and you actually film there. Yeah, I mean, if it feels I, I, I just think about it because I was re-watching the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies like a couple yeah. weeks ago. And it's like, it, it's this great like amalgam of comic book New York and what was then, you know post 9-11 new york in the in the 2000s is just like it just has a great vibe yeah you know i think the thing for me is it's like a lot of these details may seem small but they add up and that's the thing about morbius is it's so many little like oversights and just ignoring things that eventually just make it an incredibly bland movie yeah. this incredibly bland looking movie that's set nowhere with nothing characters <laughs> literally Uh, every actor feels like they're collecting a paycheck oh yeah i don't even think jared leto is that interested to be in this no i don't and he's probably pretty excited to be like the lead of a a superhero movie but i don't know actually because this character isn't fun he's not that quippy honestly which i'm surprised even though i don't like that there's a few quips here and there Maybe because they just wanted to give him, like, something in terms of a personality. But, like, yeah, I don't really know what his deal is supposed to be. Okay, yeah, you guys got to help me about one thing before I get more into this character. I remember from the trailer a joke where he's intimidating a guy and he's like, I'm Venom. And he goes, just kidding, I'm Michael Morbius. I don't remember him doing the, just kidding, I'm Michael Morbius part in the movie. He doesn't. He doesn't do it. He just goes. They added the joke for the trailer. I'm Venom. Yeah, he just says, I'm Venom. And the guy's like, ah! Runs out of the room. So he's not even jokey. He doesn't even have the the best joke in the movie. That's the best (laughs) joke for the trailer. (laughs) That's the joke, man, right? I don't. I don't remember anything else funny. I'm sure he was quippy in a few scenes, but nothing that really stood out to me. Um, I couldn't really get a sense for his character uh, because when we're going through like his history and I'll get into a little bit like about when he was like a kid and everything, but about how he was this great scientific mind who created like this, uh, synthetic blood, which, uh, yeah. seems like a pretty big deal. Honestly, if that exists. Yeah. Oh, huge. <laughs> Absolutely Changed huge everything. to have this fake blood that people can actually use. And then, like, he gets the Nobel Prize, but turns it down? Yeah. So, what, why? What's his deal? Is he's like, well, he's just too punk rock? <laughs> like, is there something about getting that award that is a clash against what he believes in? Like, I guess he's not in it for the glory. Is that what they're trying to say it's because when you win a nobel prize you get money and if he had money he wouldn't have to go to his rich friend for help which would derail the plot (laughs) (laughs) actually i really like that his rich friend um lucian are all but his he calls him milo as a nickname when they're kids for some reason they grow up in uh well, they, they live together in like this um, as children in Greece at this hospital for children with this very rare 
blood disease. And Jared Harris is the is their doctor. I feel like he gives a pretty good performance for uh, a nothing character. Yeah. He's just not in it for a long time, and then he comes back, and I'm like, oh, yeah. But we do get to see him slightly aged up, which is fun, which I know is something we love on this podcast, is seeing actors sure. play themselves at different ages. Yeah. Um, so that's it's fine. Fun. You know, honestly, I, when I was watching that part of the movie, showing them as kids, uh, uh, growing their friendship, I was like, this is actually, this could be a better movie, too, about, like, two kids that live in a hospital, and then one becomes, like, a vampire. That would be a good movie. That'd be kind of like a let the right one in type movie. Yeah. Uh, but no, we're not. We're getting a superhero movie. Yeah. Zoom pow. Superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, Morbius grows up to be a great scientist. Milo grows up to be rich doing something. I don't know what he does. Do they, do they tell us he's just, or is he just generically rich? I don't think they I feel like they don't say <laughs> I'm, I'm really not going to be much help In terms of uh, I mean, We all watched any, this like weeks ago Any yeah. plot specifics Yeah I mean I watched it last week I haven't thought about it since then Except just for the the general thought Of like wow that, that really sucked Why did I watch that I'm just going to accept that they, they didn't Think anyone would care what he does But it's like again yeah. Like earlier I was talking about it's the little things that make a movie good or interesting, you know? Like, if he sure. did something interesting in his line of work, that just adds, like, one extra point for this movie. And I think it's also worth pointing out that this character is original for the film. They created Milo to be the villain, and they could have made them they could have made him anything, but they're like, what if he's just Morbius? And it's so lame because that's what we already got in that first Venom movie. It's like, what if Venom fought another Venom, and then the sequel he fights uh, another one? You just like really uh, have a hard time conceptualizing who would a villain fight? He's the villain. <laughs> we can't have him fight the superhero, so I guess he'll just fight himself. If they were to create someone, they should come up with someone who's like the exact opposite of Morbius. That's always like a fun thing to do. Like, you know, like an unbreakable. Loves, They're the exact opposite. He loves to give blood. Like a like a werewolf. <laughs> he loves to give blood. He loves to spread his werewolf blood everywhere. Mm. He's, he's so ripped already he's never had a weak body it's an amazing shame i don't know but um it's... yeah i mean you can look at, you can look at what black adam's doing at least where they're like hey we'll take some d-list superheroes no one gives a shit about and we'll put them all in the movie so black adam can just beat the shit out of them sounds good to me yeah why didn't they do that here yeah you know if we're gonna if sony's gonna build this uh, this universe. Maybe they should try to introduce some of these other characters they think that they have. They yeah. must have somebody. Why wasn't Madam Web in this? <laughs> Zooming around in her wheelchair. Or Craven, or any of these other dumbasses that are going to be in movies. Yeah. Like, and that's another I mean, thing, too. It's like, they're so concerned with, like, this is going to be a franchise, but they also don't want to tease anything remotely interesting connected to these other movies. Except for at the very, very, very end of this movie. I wonder if in the back of their minds they're like, well, we don't want to set up someone as the actual hero because there's a chance 
our thing with Marvel will fall through, and then we'll have to make Spider-Man our hero. It is so they can't set anyone else up, because then they would get pushed out of the way if they need to use Spider-Man. Yeah, that's true. They're, so they're walking such a fine line. Uh, which sucks. That's not a way to make, like, films. You know? You should take <laughs> risks. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, Michael Morbius has been inexplicably working with vampire bats. Doesn't mm-hmm. really say how he does. Dis- he keeps in like a weird vertical wind tunnel. That can't be good for those bats. It seems like something that exists just for the sake of spectacle. That doesn't seem practical at all. That weird. <laughs> it reminds me of like when you stand in one of those booths where that shoots all the money and you have to grab the money. Yeah, but bats. But it's with bats. <laughs> it's like torture for those bats. I feel like he gives an explanation of how bats are going to help his blood disorder. Like, I, I feel like they do do uh, uh, some sort of explanation that breaks it down. Um, struggling to um, remember how. Have you guys is. seen the Amazing Spider-Man movies? Uh, I saw mm. the first one in between naps. In both these movies, they have labs that look exactly like this, but with different animals. In the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, it's full of spiders. And then in um, Amazing Spider-Man 2, they have a lab like this, but it's full of electric eels. And so I just like that that's one consistent element of the uh, SSMU, SSU is that there's uh, <laughs> a bunch of labs with animals and tanks, Damn, which is dude. what you do. That'd be like if you went in like Neil deGrasse Tyson's lab and there's like little floating planets everywhere. <laughs> Like something super science fiction-y. I guess it shows that they're all... All these characters are animal-themed, except for Venom. Uh, so Morbius is doing these experiments. He's trying on mice. It's killing them. Um, at some point, they're like, I think it's gonna work. But they have to do it in international waters. For some reason. Everything's for some reason. I don't know why. You, why can't you just hide this? Is anyone really gonna catch you? I guess there's just more, if someone finds out, way more legal issues. Uh, but I think it's more so they can set up a cool set piece on a boat. Because <laughs> uh, when Morbius... I, I, I forgot to say that Jared Leto is all scrawny and weird. Like, he likes to transform his body in movies. all scrawny and weird before he uh, injects himself with the serum. And then becomes super buff when he becomes a vampire man. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, instead of doing something with makeup, like, you know, he could have easily had, like, a From Dust Till Dawn face. You know, just a vampire face. That's what Morbius looks like, if you see Morbius in the comics. But they yeah. just throw a bunch of CGI shit all over his face. Yeah. Why? Uh, so, I, <clears throat> Yeah. This is, like, another thing I, I forgot about, where, like, it feels like an extension of Jared Leto really phoning it in in this movie where like what would be the part where he has to be the most expressive he just has they just have CGI do it for him now I get it sometimes when like even though I was one of the people who's critical of them doing She-Hulk just full CGI instead of doing like force perspective or whatever I, I do get it to an extent because she's you're like seven feet tall or you know about there and buff and green but morbius just has a vampire face 
All you need to do is a quick vampire makeup. He just has to have a piggy nose, or like a bat nose, I guess, in this case, and some, like, contacts. Can't even do that. Seems Point pretty teeth. doable, man. CGI And shit. let's not forget his weird smokiness. <laughs> that, that CGI shit looks like nothing, too. Like, you look at, just look at the poster to Morbius, where it's, like, half of, of Jared Leto's face and then half of something else. Like a mask, like you're, you're right, Sean. It's like super smoky, and it's like I don't know where his nose is, or it, I guess he still has a beard in there somewhere. It looks like shit. Does he still have his beard? On this poster, he does. I never noticed that. I'm gonna look up. A, oh yeah, he does. He still has his beard. Um, I mean, Morbius never had like facial hair in the comics. I think that's just like Jared Bell's like this is why I look. I look cool, so I don't want to change. Want to look more like John Wick. I'm like John. I'm like the John Wick of vampires. God, he looks dumb. Could have just done some makeup. Uh, and he kills everybody on the boat. Right, which is feels really weird because like the mercenaries are like kind of jerks, but they're they're not set up as villains. It's confusing because it acts like they act like it seems like they would be working with him. Yeah, they are. But they're like, what the fuck's going on here? And they, like, it's really, like, like, what do you do? Like, why are you going to kill him? I thought you're you're all in the same boat together. Like, why does this piss you off so much? Mercenaries are just bad dudes. They're going to turn on him because making loud noises. And he kills them all, and he's all smoky. And he does this one move that I guess is... I don't know. Maybe it's okay that that move where sometimes Morbius like slows down to fight. Yeah, it's, it's not... like the one piece of like, like they did a thing filmmaking wise. Yeah, it, they it's made something. a choice. It's kind of matrixy. It's not terrible. I do, I hate. I, I I didn't realize how much I hated the smoke until you brought it up, Sean. It just feels like they're putting it over there to like cover up mistakes or something like it seems like or it's like a hat on a hat it's, it's it doesn't add anything that he's smoky i mean i the most generous interpretation i can give for why he's smoky is because that maybe explains why he can fly later okay yeah so it's yeah i get that he's like uh like he's like got smoke flight or he can fly like how smoke can float i guess yeah. <laughs> they didn't want to give him bat wings. That'd be too embarrassing. Um, and he uh, he gets off the ship somehow. We don't see it. Are we just gonna not ever mention? I was. That he has I was just gonna. I was just friend. gonna mention her after this. Mar- Martine. <laughs> okay. Martine Bancroft, who is a character from from the comics. Is, is it a boy character named Martin Bancroft? No, it's, it's Martine. Just, she's Michael. She's Morbius's okay. fiance Ooh. in the in the comics. Um, I don't see anything about her being a scientist. She, maybe she helped. I don't know. She has, like, literally a paragraph on one of those, like, pages that's, like, list of Marvel Comics characters, colon, B. <laughs> so she shares a page with, like, a hundred other people. Um, yeah. Martine Bancroft, played by Adria Arjona. Uh, took inspiration from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, <laughs> AOC. Um, I don't see it. It shows. I it don't... shows for sure because uh, she's she's confident. She's confident. 
Uh, I said competent, but she's both. She's both. <laughs> she can be more than like one. Like AOC. Yeah. Uh, and then the FBI shows up, and it's uh, Tyrese Gibson playing a, a character who I believe is from comics. I'm going to click on him real quick. Simon Stroud uh, first appeared in Creatures on the Loose, number 30. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good comic. Creatures <laughs> on the Loose. <laughs> so he's like a guy that catches the creatures. They should have made Creatures on the Loose. Yeah. I'm going to look at the yeah. cover to Creatures on the Loose, number 30. Uh, oh boy, it's Manwolf, you guys. <laughs> A.K.A. John Jameson, Creatures on the Wolf featuring Manwolf, Full Moon, Dark Fear. Oh, and you know who John Jameson is? He's a, he's in Spider Man too. Sure, he's the astronaut hunk. I'm looking at yeah. at uh, Creatures on the Loose number thirty three, Manwolf, uh, and J. Jonah Jameson is holding a sh- a rifle at him. Oh no! Like, I can't pull the trigger. I can't yet. If I don't, Christine will die, and the monster that will kill her is my son. Now that's some drama. Wow. This should have had some. Oh of that my in god! This okay, I'm looking at a Manwolf comic where Craven is choking Manwolf. Dude, Manwolf has it pretty rough, huh? They could totally do Manwolf. I mean, werewolves, it's always, it's always, they're, I feel like they're especially tormented. Sure. Yeah. You know what's funny is that Creatures on the Loose seems to change who is the, the focus of the comic, depending on what, like, like, I'm looking at Creatures on the Loose number 29, and it's a guy named Thongor. He's like a Conan guy. <laughs> it's like an anthology series. Um. So what you're saying is we could have had an interesting adversary in the character that Tyrese plays instead of a nobody. Instead of a guy who just shows up ever after every action scene and explains to us what we've already seen unfold. Yeah. <laughs> Literally after every scene. He's never involved in the action at all. Yeah, I, I thought that him and Al Madrigal would actually like get involved in the plot in some way or just like actually see Morbius by the end of this movie but even like the last scene there and they're just like well well this this all happened fucking I feel so bad for Al Madrigal because first of all his character's name is Al like, that, <laughs> that's never a, a good sign it's easy for him to remember though um, but he is given no jokes at all but he's definitely there as comic relief. So it's just, he just feels like a weird presence in the movie. I kind of feel like this is almost, because you know how these movies are made. I feel like this is almost them tr- like doing a very weak attempt to like put more diversity in the movie. But like, okay, here's a character that a black actor could play. Here's a Hispanic character. Because they're just checking boxes. They're not actually like building a story. They're not giving anyone meaningful characters to play. Um, I mean, there's a chance they're like, hey, these two will show up in the next 16. That's true, too. SSU which is another movies. thing I fucking hate when they're like, okay, we're going to set this up and then it'll be cool later. It'll be cool later. It's like, <laughs> make it cool now. It's, it serves no real purpose in this film, but it will eventually. This will be maybe. good later. We're going to show the good stuff. You know, it's like how I was talking. I don't think it was on a podcast. But I was talking to you guys about how they have uh, in the, the second 
Michael Bay Teenage Ninja Turtles movie, they have Baxter Stockman, who is famous for turning into a fly monster. But they didn't do it because they're like, well, he could do it later, later on. (laughs) It's like, no. If you're going to put in a character like that, show us what's cool about him. I'm sure there's something cool about Simon Stroud, too. Maybe not. I don't know. He's nothing. He's just Tyrese. Yep. Um, give him like a, a super powerful science fiction gun. I don't know, something, anything. Yeah, make him take his shirt off and fly into space. <laughs> See, <laughs> this is how the writers room should have worked. <laughs> uh, okay, Morbius. Okay, he's back in New York. New York quotations. Yeah. <laughs> Back in New York. Has he been in New York? Was this in New York before? I it, thought it was in it London was, before. Well, it's all shot in London, but it's I believe it's set in New York. Oh, okay. But so it, just it the, the, little, like the little kid part is in, is is, in London. Is, the little kid part is actually in Greece. I mean, Sean, it's all London, but they're, tr- they're trying to tell you this is other places. <laughs> what the fuck? That was Greece? Yeah. I think uh, because the character, I remember on the cartoon he had an accent. I, I was like, was he, wasn't he supposed to be Greek? Morbius, I don't know the origin of that name, but it definitely sounds like it could be Mediterranean. Have you guys seen um, Thor Love and Thunder yet? I have, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy Russell Crowe's attempt at a Greek accent as Zeus in that movie. (laughs) It makes me laugh a lot. Basically everything he says in that movie. You know, it's funny. I thought that movie was a bit of a disappointment, but compared to this, that movie is so great. (laughs) because <laughs> yeah. it does stuff like that like it, it'll do something like let's give him a funny accent this movie will never do the fun thing they'll always do like the safe calculated move uh you can't make it too crazy uh this is where the movie becomes such a blur i mean we, we find out that he can he can use his synthetic blood to kind of control himself but it, i guess it won't last yeah. forever or at a certain point it, it won't work they're not they don't really go into specifics on why he can't just use synthetic blood forever it's like eventually i'll have to use real blood for some yeah. reason <laughs> um we can't change the recipe of synthetic blood in any way of course when uh when milo finds out about this he's like all about it he's like dude i want to be a vampire and I don't remember how yeah. he becomes because <laughs> I watched this a week ago. <laughs> did he did, he goes he must go through the experiment then. I don't even know. Well, anyways, he becomes a vampire, okay? And he uses his vampire uh, yeah. powers to be a cool playboy and goes to nightclubs and just you know kills people. See, here's the problem though. I feel like you're doing this Morbius movie because Morbius is an anti-hero. But by introducing this Milo character, who's the evil vampire, then then I feel like you're getting rid of Morbius having that struggle of, am I good, am I bad? You're like, okay, I'm definitely good because this guy's the bad guy. So right. this should be him versus Tyrese. It shouldn't be him versus yes. Milo. Yes, you are correct. They totally fucked it up. He's not an anti-hero anymore. He's just a hero. Um, And they have a fight on the subway and shit, and it's a bunch of blurs, and the slow motion stuff is okay. 
They have CGI vampires. We, by, the, by the way, let's let's. Uh, I just want to. It's one of my least favorite things. Okay. Is the first the first person that um, Milo kills when he becomes a vampire is um, a nurse that works in the lab that uh, the other main characters work in, Morbius and uh, Marty. Yeah. Um, so it's it's got that Hollow Man problem where it's like <laughs> you're 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 going after like the one group of people that were actually know that it's you that's doing it. You could you go be a vampire against anyone else in the world and no one will know about it. No one will suspect you. <laughs> that's such a great but point by... about Hollow Man, how he's like, I'm invisible. But instead of like going against like going after people who don't know, I'm gonna go after the people who all know. <laughs> go against the four people that know there's an invisible person. Who are immediately gonna suspect anything weird is because I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just not as satisfying as f- fucking around with your friends. I guess, but I mean, I feel like Invisible Man proved it works a lot better when people don't know that there's an Invisible Man and then just shit happens. It's weird because yeah. this is like a globe-trotting movie that feels incredibly self-contained with like a very yep. small cast of characters. We should have seen some vampire... I guess... I guess um, Milo goes to that club and like attacks people, but that's like that's that's yeah. one set piece. That's it. If this was like an um, '80s movie, there would be no Milo, and Morbius would like go into some neighborhood and then befriend a child, <laughs> and they'd team up. <laughs> and that sounds like a better movie. There's so many ways to make this a better movie. It's not that hard, actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with a superhero movie, especially an origin story, there's usually a part where they're like, hey, here's the fun part of having superpowers. Yeah. Like, here's how your life has changed. And what we get in this one is like him jumping up on the walls and being like, well, I guess I can do this now. And just like writing it in his journal. And uh, it's like, well, but wouldn't he have had the same fantasies that Milo had? Doesn't he want to like go out and hit on people and dance and have fun he's just so all consumed with this being a bad thing you know that that reminds me of something else that i i thought was kind of weird about this character and i think this is probably a a, an issue i have with the character in the comics too is just that even though like he says like i want to help people that have this problem that's all i care about the fact that he also has it kind of makes it feel to me like a very self-centered goal of like, I want to cure this thing that I have and I'll do anything to cure this thing that I have. I just feel like he never really has to make any real sacrifices. It's like, I don't know. Like he's, he's pursuing this thing to help himself first and foremost, even if he says he's helping other people. I think that's probably why they invented the Milo character. So it would feel like a little bit like, Oh, I'm also helping my friend. But, it, I mean, all that flies in the face of the ending of this movie where he's like, I guess what I'll do from now on is feast on people. Yeah, so this movie, like, it's weird because we were talking about this, how there's that fight that I was talking about, and it, se- it feels like the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then there's still, like... F- I, liter- yeah. I literally was like, oh, are we almost done? And I paused it, and it's like 55 it's minutes like in. It's like 40 to 55 minutes left. <laughs> and all I remember is that scene of him, like, going after those like tech guy those hacker guys and saying he's venom and beating them up mm-hmm. I, I i it's all such a blur so what that was 
Okay, so let's. I can do a little bit of recap. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's the fight, um, and if you remember after the fight, I think I might have this in the wrong order. <laughs> this might be before the fight. No one will ever know. Um, John. <laughs> he goes. He he goes to get uh, and it's almost arrested by uh, Tyrese and Al Madrigal. And there's this weird scene where he. They're on the bottom floor of a skyscraper, and he flies up to the top, avoiding all these cops. And then somehow Tyrese is also up on the top of the skyscraper, and he's like, you got to turn yourself in. Um, and so he goes to jail, and he loses all his resources. And um, and so he has to meet up with Martine in a diner after he escapes so they can make the, you know, MacGuffin that'll take uh, Milo's powers away. And that's why he goes to get that lab from the guys that he says he's venom to. Because they have a lab for some reason. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't remember most of this. I remember a bunch of bats. <laughs> <laughs> and Milo with the antibody. And he wants to use it on himself too, because he's like, "I'm gonna have to stop uh, drinking synthetic blood, and I don't like that, so I'll kill myself instead." But he does it, right? Does he just he just runs away, right? I don't. Yeah. yeah, well, because he 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 gets in the fight with Milo. He's like, "I gotta kill Milo first, and then Milo kills uh, Martine." Um. And she's like, well, you should drink my blood so you can get super strong. And so he does. He drinks her blood and he does a uh, bat kamehameha. <laughs> it's funny, like, I'm reading the end of this movie on Wikipedia right now. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't remember this. Bancroft. You remember bat kamehameha? Not really. <laughs> Bancroft reawakens with glowing red eyes elsewhere, having ingested a drop of Morbius's blood. So she's going to be a vampire, yeah. too. Cool. Uh, yeah. He's just spreading this horrible problem to the person yep. he respects and works with and loves, I guess, according to the comics. I don't I don't know if, how much they wanted that in this. Uh, and it sucks. Well, she definitely likes it more than Milo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, like, that, yeah, it's like, so there's him and there's Martine. Uh, Jared Harris pops in and out. Um, there's not really a lot of other, like, good guy supporting characters in this movie. Which is weird. Like, I think of, like, the Spider-Man movies, like, the Tom Holland ones. And they're not perfect, but, like, he Spider-Man has his friends, and then there's also, like, Happy, and he's got his aunt, and there's, like, J.B. Smooth. Um, there's, like, a whole, like, supporting cast. Even if they're not important characters, mm-hmm. they're there. Like, why does the world of Morbius have to be so small? I could get any of more friends. But it, it's totally in line with what Venom had, right? Like, he had his love interest. He has uh, his dark self, uh, which was... Uh, um, Riot? Was that right, oh, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and... Uh, and... and that's kind of it as far as characters in that movie. I wonder if Madam Webb's gonna have like a like have face off against someone who's like 
Mr. Fly. <laughs> like, he's like, no, no, that's too clever. It can't be the opposite. It's got to just mm. be Mr. I, I can't think of a synonym for web, Mr. Net. <laughs> the name's Web. Cobb Web. Cobb Web. <laughs> there you go. It's going to go up against Cobb Web. I actually really like that. It's <laughs> good. That's way too funny. Uh, but I, 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 I can't ignore that we have a mid-credits teaser. Beloved <sighs> character Aren't Adrian there two? 2. I think there are two. There are two. They're both mid-credits, too. Yeah. They're like, we don't want you to have to stay through the whole credits of you. Are, 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 is the Michael Keaton stuff, it's split up, right? It's two scenes with him? It's two scenes yes. because it would be... Way too confusing for it to be one long scene. The first is him being teleported into whatever this world is. Yeah. In like a prison cell, I, and he's being, you know, he's just like, I hope the food's better here. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I, he, he, he has enough time to make a joke. Michael Keaton is also photo it even though he's in the movie for like less than a minute. Yeah, well, and definitely the whole second scene is a full CG. Vulture, like he didn't, he he did. He provided voiceover. Oh yeah, for he's got the mask on. Else. He's got like his his uh, flight mask on and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, how the fuck did he get that? Because that was alien technology that exists in an alternate universe. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't see him transported with it. He was transported in his nope. prison garb. That's correct. How did he get Suddenly it? Suddenly, he built. Yeah, you're right. That's alien technology from the big Avengers fight in New York. Did that also happen here? And he found where it happened and found the alien technology and then built. And then he's like, I gotta go to this Morbius guy. He's a vampire. He's on the run, but I can find him. And then he just goes God, to I Morbius. Being a bad guy. <laughs> He's a bad guy. And he's like, hey, uh, hey Morbius, uh, why don't we uh, form a team or something? And Morbius is just like, I'm listening. <laughs> Because I still haven't figured out Morbius's personality. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't say yes or no. I'm listening. I didn't really get. I mean, I guess. I guess he was kind of trending in a bad direction by the fact that he's on the run. But it, that makes it seem like he's like, okay, we're doing a villain team. I didn't really get that vibe from him. And it's like, what are they doing? Team up to do what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my first... They have... Yeah. <laughs> Michael Keaton has no problems. Everything in his life exists in an alternate universe. He has a blank slate. They let him out of prison because they're like, we don't even know who this guy is. We don't know what he's doing in prison. He could do anything he wants. He has no Yeah, problems. he became a villain in the Spider-Man movies because he lost his job. And then him and his guys... Wanted to get back at the system and then use the technology mm-hmm. they had uh, for profit. They, the, the, that movie went out of its way to say that he's not a bad dude. Yeah. He is just a criminal. <laughs> well, maybe they're a team for good. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's Sean, so, I, cannot, also, I cannot get over this, the, the fact that he has all the tech. That I, I don't know why I didn't think about that. It, blow, it makes zero sense. <laughs> no, he would have no, none of those resources, and he has none of the motivation. 
And it's like, I my guess is like, okay, what? Are they going to do like the Sinister Six? Okay, we already had like a villain team in the last Spider-Man with all the villains we actually know and like. <laughs> now we have like, what, Vulture and Morbius, who I don't recall ever being in the Sinister Six, if that's what we're even doing. And then what? You're going to get like Venom in here? You're going to fight a new Venom Spider-Man? who has been like... Venom has, they've been, he is a hero. He's a tragic hero. He's not even an anti-hero. He's full on a good guy in the Venom movies. That's what's so fucked about these Sony movies. They keep taking characters that are pretty much villains. And then like, we're going to make anti-hero movie. But you don't. You just make a superhero movie. (laughs) They're just good guy movies. Now, I went went back to the Sony page because I wanted to see the USS or whatever I called it. Um... Mm -hmm. To see if they had Enterprise. USS Enterprise. To see if they had a Sinister Six movie on their slate somewhere, and there are there is a tab here where they're talking about they're thinking about it. Um, Drew Goddard was attached to write, but it's like that they say it's canceled and they say it's not canceled, and they're like, well, following the success of Venom, I think we're gonna move forward, but they still they haven't said like what that is. So I think that is what they want to do. They want to do a team-up with all of their characters, which at this point would be Venom, Morbius, Madam Web, Craven, And they're also introducing a character called El Muerto, who's like... Uh, like uh, he, is a, he is a real Marvel character, but like a very small one. And it seems like he, they're only doing this El Muerto movie because people were impressed by Bad Bunny's performance in Bullet Train. Like that gave them the green really? light for a movie. Yeah, it's got a, like a release date and everything. Apparently, like he's competent, so let's 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 give him a character. But I think it's almost more so that like Bad Bunny's one of the most popular artists in the world right now. So they're just trying, you know, they're throwing anything at the wall to see what sticks. They're like a Bad Bunny Sony superhero movie, maybe right? That makes sense. Can I give you guys a, a bullet train? Spoiler? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Bad Bunny's character is hot, and he glowers a lot, which is cool. Um, he dies instantly in this movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> basically, the second he's introduced, he's dead. So is yeah. is Bullet Train Sony? Um. Yeah, looks like it is. There you go. Yeah. So, so yeah, they were impressed with how that performed. So, oh yeah, it's also got Aaron Taylor Johnson. Now that I think yeah. about now, it. No, this wow. is this is literally them just taking a very popular person and trying to build a project around him. So, who is Michael Shannon going to play? What Spider-Man villain can we give to him? See, they're they're doing. Comedian. He's already been. Uh, I got it, General Sean. Zoss. I got it. Hydro Man. <laughs> You better take shelter. You know about Hydro Man, Colin? No. He's okay. Get this. He's Sandman, but water. Whoa. <laughs> they did kind of like uh, a water monster in that one Spider-Man movie, uh, the second mm-hmm. one, second Tom Holland one, and I, I think that was supposed to be like they're inspired by Hydro Man. So yeah, <laughs> he exists somewhere, sort of, in these movies. There's also, uh, do you remember Tombstone, Sean? 
They could do a Tombstone movie. He's like Funny a he's like a tall albino. Like I feel like he's just like a thug who works for Kingpin, but I'm sure they'll give him his own movie. <laughs> yeah, he's just like some tall albino guy in all black who's strong. I see a picture where he's teamed up with oh, is this guy named Hammerhead. He's just like a gangster. I could imagine them doing this. Like oh, we're- Hammerhead, I remember. Yeah. No, that's a good. So we're character. we're getting tombs, tombstone and hammerhead. Colin, I I think you would enjoy looking at some pictures of Spider-Man villain Hammerhead. They also, I remember, had a um a, 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 a project called Silver and Black, which was Black Cat and Silver Sable. That was going to be a Gina Prince Bythewood. That movie. see, do a thing with an actual hero. Good idea. But then they were like, uh, never mind. Girls, uh, girls. I don't know. That doesn't mean they're making a movie about Madame Web, a 900-year-old woman with bones so brittle she can't even walk. But, Sean, she's got got Web in the name and Web like Spider-Man. But why don't they do Spider-Woman? Right? Why don't they? I, 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 I'm a little confused. They must have some, like, contract with Marvel where they can't just do Spider-Man movies, right? Because if they could just do Spider-Man movies, like, straight-up live-action Spider-Man movies, like, with a new Spider-Man, Austin Butler, they would be doing it. But, I mean, but even if they don't want to do Peter Parker, or if they can't do Peter Parker, like, look at what they did with Into the Spider-Verse. You could do Miles Morales. You could do Spider-Gwet. Spider-Man 99, or... or... Ben, what's his face? One Spider-Man, his name Ben. Yeah, I think could be could it be Ben Parker? Like he's named after Uncle Ben. I think his name's like Ben Riley or something. I only know him because as like an alternate costume in video games. <laughs> yeah, Ben Riley Spider-Man. Sure. There, there's all these other Spider-Man. I don't know what they're not trying. This they didn't try in this movie. It was terrible. Worst movie we've ever done for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's Morbius. Check it out if you're morbi- morbidly curious. Uh, but guys, I would say don't. Okay, don't check it out. Yeah, because it's not Even funny. If you are it's not funny. Curious. It's not funny. It's not something There's... that's. It's not actually memeable. It's not like a fun bad movie. It's not the room. It's actually it's worse than that because it's 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 less ambitious than that is. Um yeah. the goof I'd like to talk about is one mm-hmm. that I think a lot of movies do. Yeah. Um and it's just something that I've thought about a lot and I'm glad someone called it out here in a movie that surely has a lot of more interesting goofs. Um it says here, a doctor uh, would know that the palm of one's hand is a very stupid area to cut for blood. Many tendons and muscles run there and are obviously very important for daily activities of life. Um, and I think about this a lot because there are so many scenes in movies where for whatever reason you need to put blood on a thing and people always like grab a knife blade and cut their palm open and I that is such a dumb thing to me. That wound is going to bother you for a long time. Ugh. 
Like, if you just need blood, you cut, like, the other side of your arm or your leg or your belly. Like, there's so many places where you could have, a, you know, a cut that doesn't bother you, like, all the time. Remember in The Thing, how when they're doing the blood tests, one guy, like, cuts, like, right under his nail? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that character was smarter than slicing your palm open. Yeah, that's true. That's dumb. Just like stab your butt, right? Yeah, just stab <laughs> your that butt. Blood in there. Well, you, that's the best gotta, blood anyway. That would have been funny. You gotta if sit a on that though. <laughs> sit on it. True. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just cut like your the other side of your arm. Even if you just cut the back of your hand instead of your palm, that would be better. Yeah, I think, yeah, just some uh, part of your arm, yeah, makes more sense. Or, yeah, your uh, uh, your shoulder, you know, like where you draw blood and stuff. Like when you, when you get a shot, like you get a shot in the arm. Uh, here's an interesting one. Morbius tells the lab owner, after having fractured his phalanges and other parts of his hand, to take ibuprofen. And his hand will heal just fine. Most physicians agree that non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs will actually delay the healing of broken bones. So, on top of everything, Morbius is actually a bad doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Morbius is a bad doctor. It's a bad movie. It doesn't even have a fun theme song like Venom did. Oh, yeah. Couldn't we have gotten a theme song? Get back Morbius. 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 Sucking on an orifice. <laughs> Drink that blood. Tastes real good. 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 Back of war. Yeah. He does he does a a music video where he's a vampire too. He's Macklemorbius. He's, uh, he's he's pale enough. Mackle, Macklemorbius. That's interesting. <laughs> something there. It, it does sound like Michael Morbius. <laughs> Macklemorbius. Yeah. Sounds like how Borat would say it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh. But you know he's he's a he's a bad dude, so I gotta do John's Rogues Gallery. God, I love being a bad guy. Guys, we have Michael Morbius, Sony's Marvel Universe. Michael Morbius. I made sure to find the right one. Uh, let's break down his stats on Villains Wiki. Full name Michael Morbius, alias Morbius, Dr. Michael Morbius, PhD, the bad guy. The bad guy? And <laughs> and Venom. You know, just if you're referring to any... <laughs> Does he call himself the bad movie. guy? He must, right? I'm the bad guy. <sighs> I bet he does say that. What's the movie where it's like, I'm the guy with the gun? What's that line from? Oh, it's uh, uh, from, uh, was it Evil, Evil Army of Darkness? Bruce Campbell? Oh, yeah. 
yeah. wonder if that's one of his. I mean, he's not a villain, but I wonder if like on Heroes Wiki, it's one of his aliases. Is like I'm the guy with the gun. <laughs> I'm just reeling from my own realization that we talked about why doesn't this movie have a theme song? And we didn't bring up the fact that its star is in a band. Oh yeah, thirty <laughs> seconds to Mars. He couldn't be bothered. How embarrassing for us. Have a sweet emo song. Marbius sucking on an orifice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, every time I have to, I have to say Morbius too. I have to restrain myself from saying Morpheus. <laughs> just, just throw that out there. Morbius is a dumb name, but it is it is his name. Occupation, doctor, scientist at Horizon Labs, formerly vigilante and vampire. Power Is he a vigilante? Uh, at the end, I guess. He is supposedly. Mm, okay. Power sl- skills. Superhuman strength, superhuman speed, superhuman agility, endurance, reflexes, stamina, metabolism, healing factor, enhanced senses, echolocation, flight, fangs, claws, conversion. Genius level intelligence, master scientist, skilled combatant, expert engineer, bilingualism, and morbing. Parentheses memes. <laughs> Shut up. Well, you don't like you don't like that call? They're having fun. Now get out get out of here. It didn't work. It's not a meme. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, you're right. Uh hobby. Making origami bats and drinking blood. That's that's as much as we got out of them. Not you know, doesn't like anything else. Okay, goals: find a cure for his rare blood disease. Succeeded. Uh oh, backfired. It says that it doesn't say uh oh, but it says backfired. <laughs> Kill his brother after he gets out of control. Succeeded. Not his literal brother. Cure his bloodlust and help Vulture ongoing. <laughs> help yeah. Vulture do something. Do, do some stuff. <laughs> I can't get over how that they threw that in there to pump people up, and it is literally the most confusing part of the entire movie. Yeah. I can't get over it. It made me so yeah, mad. It's it's yeah. Because it just it just it sums it all up that they don't know what they're doing. They but they're like, well, all the good Marvel movies have a tease, so we better tease a character, but we don't know for what. We better yank a character out of the Marvel universe that had the potential to be interesting and just make something really confusing instead. Like it's established in Far From or whatever the last I can't remember all the Spider-Man titles. The third one, No Home way Alone. Um, <laughs> that you can that that when all those characters got like teleported into the main Spider-Man world, they came at different points in time. You could have grabbed Vulture from before he went to jail when he still had his yep. jetpack. That could have been a cool scene, right? Like, there's maybe like an air traffic controller is like, "Hey, what what do we got up there?" And then Vulture like lands in an airfield. No, he just he just ends up in a prison cell. Oh, food's better here. Not like, oh shit, where am I? Oh, food's better here. Character who has, to this point, never been exposed to magic has the most magical thing possible happen to him. And he just makes a joke. It's like if you've become a bad guy 
you're not really phased by anything. I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, Morbius's crimes, illegal experimentation, poaching, smuggling, conspiracy, mass murder. Mass murder? I guess he kills all those guys in the boat. Is that mass? That's a good amount. Assault, mutilation, cannibalism. Is drinking blood cannibalism? I guess, right? Counts. Okay. Count it. Put on the board. Jailbreak, mm. theft, trespassing, and vigilantism. Uh, okay. I'm not sure what that entails. I guess it entails everything above. And can you guys guess the type of villain Morbius is? It's two words. Vampiric vigilante. Um, better be vigilante. They said vigilante like nine times in that thing you just read. <laughs> well, I don't even need to get Colin. You don't need to guess because Sean actually got it. Oh, Fuck you! I think that was a good guess because it mentioned vigilante in basically every section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's a vampire. He is a vampire. You know, it's funny. Uh, good job, Sean. Very impressive. Good job. Mm-hmm. That's pretty hard to do. I was looking at the uh, Marvel Comics Mor- Morbius one, and for that one, the type of villain was on and off again vampire. <laughs> <laughs> like you could just turn it off and be like, you know, not a vampire today. No, thanks. Today I want hamburger. Yeah. Today I want a, today I want a whopper. <laughs> also, where's my fun Morbius tie in meal? Where's my Mick Morbius? Where's my bat burger? It's Morbin time. Mm. It's Mick Morbin time. I'm I'm coming up with good ideas. Someone needs to listen to these ideas. Uh yeah. It could definitely serve you soda in those blood bags. Fun. Fun idea. Do it. Somebody do it. We'll, we'll do it when we get Morbius 2, where he teams up with Vulture. That movie, that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, they're all looking forward to it. I'd like to like put together like a list of movies that tease sequels that never happened. Exclusively, that would have had Michael <laughs> <laughs> Oh, So like Batgirl. Batgirl and The Flash. You don't I think, think the... I guess we don't really right know. Because there's talk that like... They might, yeah, they might cut out some of the stuff that's already like my, the Michael Keaton stuff. I mean, nobody knows how it all ties in, but who knows, dude? Who knows? Uh, but you can check it out when we cover that on the pick. I'm I'm gonna pick that someday, and then we'll have to suffer through that. We'll spend most of it talking about Ezra Miller's crimes. Uh, but for more of that good stuff, for some Shocktober content, it's October now. I think we got some Shocktober stuff in the works. I reviewed the Munsters. Also on Netflix, also bad. Slightly better than, than this. I think I give it a ha- half hey John, star more. Check this out. It's Miller crime. <laughs> it's Miller. Oh, like the time. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I wasn't sure. I thought you were still talking about Morbius and maybe he's like doing a tie-in with Miller, but you're talking about Ezra Miller. Good. No, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I'm just, no, no, just that was my fault. It's Miller a crime. That's good. You should run with it. Ezra Miller should do commercials for Miller. Uh, but for more of this great content, 
Uh, check us out mildlypleased.com or search Miley Please wherever you can find podcasts. Um, oh, wait. <laughs> Someone else needs to pick. <laughs> you forgot something. Yeah. I forgot something. I, this, is like, this is like a fun new format. You have to hear the plugs to get the preview. Okay, I forgot about the part. I'm. This is my favorite part. Is the next pick? It's, it's Colin's, Colin's turn. turn. Sorry, Colin. It's, it's all right. I thought maybe you were just mixing up or something. No, I was <laughs> confused. I was ready to get the hell. Colin, my brain is broken. I morphed too much. Yeah. I think we morphed. Colin, we are you going to redeem us after these last two movies? Yeah, I think I'm going to try. Because, like, um, I know we've talked for a while about doing the movie Wolf. <laughs> But I'm like, that's probably gonna be bad. Like, I can't, I can't do a third. We, we'll get to it though. It will definitely we'll do. We'll get it to it point. eventually. But like, I want to do something. Yeah. Good. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, unfortunately, I'm pretty sure it's a movie you guys have both seen. Okay. I've never oh. seen it. I've always wanted to watch it around uh, Halloween time. Mm. I think you like it. Um, it is the 90s Adams Family movie from 1991. You, you've never seen this movie? Never seen it. Oh, this is an excellent Somehow. Movie. This is such just, a good movie. Just, just not a movie I watched as a kid. That's, this works it. perfectly because I was just, you know, I just watched that terrible Monsters movie, so I've been thinking yeah, about exactly. how I wish it was the Adams Family movie. It, it, it also well, And, and Wednesday's coming out. And, and Wednesday's, Wednesday's coming, coming out. out. Uh, love it. Month, yeah. Love it. Love this. Love the Adams Family. It's a great movie. Um, I'll have to see if there's. I don't think there's any three timers coming in. I, I I haven't been keeping track of that lately. I don't think so. I don't think so. Christina Ricci was in Speed Racer. Oh uh, yeah. This is Looks only like our. Dan this will be our first. I can't believe we haven't done more Dan Hedaya. I love Dan Hedaya. <laughs> um, this is gonna be great. This is a great. It's a great movie. And it's a very festive movie. It's very seasonally appropriate. Yeah, I also wanted to do something, uh, you know, re- related to Shocktober, even if it's uh, not a horror movie, but it is, uh, you know, spooky. Spooky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're spooky and they're scary. Adam's family. Mm-hmm. For that spooky, scary content, go to mildlypleased.com or go wherever you find podcasts, <laughs> search Mildly Please. We're doing Adam's Family next. Great movie. Um, I I think we'll be a little more focused for that one because it's a movie I know well. Sure, Sean, you yeah. know it fairly well. Uh, and it's easy to follow. It makes sense. So it's, it's a real movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. So until next time. I was I was gonna do it's morbid time, but I said it's until next time it's morbid time. <laughs> No, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay. Until next time, it's Morbin time. Tyrannosaurus! <laughs>